0: From the basement of the Bob and Tom Studios, it's That Josh Arnold Podcast! Well, hello there. It is, uh, it's me, Josh Arnold. As you might expect, listening to something called That Josh Arnold Podcast. My guest this week, it's you, that's right. My goodness, sit down, relax. Let's chat a little bit, huh? And yes, uh, I am here in the basement of the Bob and Tom Studios. They said, Josh, you can do a podcast, but you're not allowed to use the main studio. You have to utilize the small, dingy studio we have in the basement. And I'll tell you, it is it is dank down here. Dripping pipes, mildew in, mildew, mildew in the corners, and... Uh, Boy, oh boy, it's uh, pretty dark, not very pleasant, but that's all right. We're going to have a good time nonetheless. Uh, This is the inaugural episode of uh, that Josh Arnold podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Here's what's going to happen. We're just going to spend a few minutes uh, talking about things we enjoy, maybe learning a a thing or two, and uh, just kind of having a nice little visit. That doesn't sound so bad, does it? Ah, what is it, the second week of October, second full week of October. I know October technically started like a Thursday or something, but this is, I don't need to be, I don't need your emails telling me that, no, this is the third week of October. It's the second full week of October, and I love it. Love it, fall, my favorite season, and why not? Flannels, hoodies, Halloween, And the cuisine, my goodness, that uh, autumnal cuisine, chicken and dumplings, (laughs) chili con carne, um, or chili, you don't have to have it con carne, it can be sans carne, I guess. This is what you're in for, by the way, what you've heard so far, this is, uh, (laughs) if you don't like what you've heard so far, you may as well just turn it off, because it's just more of this. (laughs) But yes, love the fall Just got back from a fishing trip with my three brothers And uh, it was unseasonably warm in the Lake of the Ozarks We had uh, mid-80s, which we were kind of hoping for some fall fishing Where the um, white bass and the crappie would be closer to the surface of the water And just ready to bite But uh, we had to hunt for them a little bit because it was so warm Still a great time Love fishing. Uh, My brothers are, uh, well, I'll be honest, all three of them are way funnier than I am. So uh, it's always a trip hanging out with them. And, uh, man, we had a good time. This year we started something new. It was the Fishing Olympics where we uh, made two teams. There are four of us, so two teams of two, of course. That's uh, simple arithmetic. And, uh, man, we each got uh, two of us uh, per boat and went out and uh here were some of the categories it was who would catch the largest f- species so we uh the the choices well not choices but it was uh let's see categories were largemouth white bass crappie um walleye which you can catch in the Ozarks uh, i have but it uh, doesn't <laughs> happen a lot and uh, spotted bass and then and catfish, of course. And then there were uh, there was a tiebreaker. If we, let's say, of those uh, species, one team had um, th- you know three and then the other had three. Then the tiebreaker with, a, with the, a drum, which is uh, just sort of a nasty bottom-feeding fish or whatever. And uh, my brother John caught the largest drum, so um, we uh, won that category. But uh, I caught the largest white bass. Thank you very much. Two pounds oh four ounces, not too shabby. I was talking to some people about fishing, and they just didn't get it. They did why why sit on a boat and uh, for hours and cast out, and uh, you know, for every fifty, a hundred casts, you might get five uh, fish, or you know. And that's kind of the fun of it. You, you, time just flies. You're on the boat. You're enjoying uh, the surroundings, the water, the tree line uh, on the shore there. And uh, you, what I love about it is every cast is a new opportunity. It's like playing a scratch off ticket each time you cast. You don't know if this is going to be the winner. And uh, it's awesome. And then when you are reeling in and you, you know your lore, and you feel that bite. It's just it's just so thrilling. It's it's it then becomes: Am I going to keep the fish on? And you kind of can judge by how uh, well you can just ju- you can judge the size of the the fish as you're reeling it in, and you wonder: Oh man, is this one? Is this a small fish just putting up a big fight, or is is this the big fish? Is this the one that I'm going to remember for a while? Maybe break my own personal record it's uh it's exciting and then you get it up into the boat and hopefully with the uh assistance of a net because that means a, a cup with uh, when you need the net that's that's uh, that means it's a bigger fish of course which is a, always fun and what what we tend to do uh my brothers and I is um as you're reeling the fish in and you get a gauge as to what you might be dealing with you either yell net or you don't. So if, uh, let's say I think I've got a pretty big fish on the lawn, I'll yell net. And then, uh, whatever brother I'm with, will grab the net and run over ready to do it. Now there have been times where you yell net and the brother doesn't get there in time. And as you're lifting the fish into the boat with your, uh, pole, it will, it's come loose and falling back into the water. And that doesn't count. And who do you think's to blame there? It's, uh, Well, the brother with the net, of course, and they do not live that down. Let me tell you. Also, my older brother Jeff, in particular, has this issue. He'll yell net when you there's no need for a net. He he just gets a nibble and yells net, and then you're over there with a net, and he reels in um, a a sunfish. You know, it's not uh, he he's the boy who cried net. It's it's become a problem, quite frankly. We need to put a stop to that. (laughs) Anyway, had a great time uh, on the fishing trip. And, uh, man, a lot of laughs. Uh, Had a nice fish fry that last night, too. And that's always uh, exciting, sort of enjoying the fruits of your labor. And um, it's – I I, I can't – I'll be honest. I love fishing. I'm I'm not the guy to clean – Uh, the fish. I can't do it. I feel I feel bad, even though I will. (laughs) I I love eating them. I feel bad that we have taken something out of its natural environment (laughs) for our own sport uh, and then um, killed it and eaten it. I mean, I do sort of feel bad about it, but uh, I don't feel so bad that I'm going to stop doing it. But I do uh, take a moment to uh, say my respects and to apologize (laughs) Uh, in my head, of course. I don't, I don't, uh, you know. I am not at a restaurant looking at a plate of fish and saying, oh, "You know, I am sorry for this." But uh, uh, anyway, yeah, it's uh, my brother John. Thankfully, took care of all the cleaning and the uh, filleting and, and and actually the cooking as well. It was uh, it was great. Uh, all right, so yes, uh, a couple things I want to do every week with you uh, is um, well, one of them is I want to I want us to learn a few things together. Uh, which brings me to uh, the first segment of the that Josh Arnold podcast, Vocabulary Corner. That's right. Uh, I, maybe that's the wrong way to say that. Maybe it should be something like more pr- professorial. Maybe Vocabulary Corner. Yeah, that's probably the way to go. And eventually, we'll get some sort of incidental music uh, to go along uh, with with uh, Vocabulary Corner. Well. This week uh oh man this is a good one. This is a good word. I don't know how often you'll be able to use this. But uh anytime you get to throw this one out there um do so. It's fun. The word uh, uh this week labiomancy. That's right. Labiomancy. Now if you said labiomancy I wouldn't be mad at you, but we've we want to go labiomancy here because Labio refers to, some of you might already know, well, I'll just tell you what it means. Labiomancy, lip reading. That's what that means. So uh, instead of saying lip reading, like, oh, can you read lips? Or say, do you practice labiomancy? That's so much cooler. And of course, labio means lips, I think. I think most of us probably took um, anatomy. Uh, you don't often refer to your, your your mouth lips is – we all know what uh, – I mean, yes. So that's where that uh, – <clears throat> labiomancy means lip reading. Now, <laughs> labiomancy might be something that a guy gyneco- look there's no reason to go into this, all right? Um, just the word for the week in this vocabulary corner, labiomancy. Uh, let's see if I could put, use that in a sentence uh, for you uh, here. I'll just um – Kevin was quite skilled at labiomancy, therefore we learned what the couple at the table next to us were discussing. That's not bad, right? I just made that up. Huh? <laughs> so, yeah, each week we'll have uh, a new word and we'll use it. In fact, that's your assignment. Learn, use that word, Some, and even if you have to just jam it into a conversation that where this is not appropriate at all, I want you to use labiomancy. And uh, let me know how it goes. All right. What else do I want to tell you? Things uh, I, I really want to share with you. Things that I enjoy. All right. I think um, I think we need to do more of that. It's easy to get on social media and sort of complain about things we uh, don't like or, or or talk about what what we're unhappy about and and stuff that we we just we, it's it's always sort of. Um, shocked me how often people want to share negativity they want to go <laughs> they see something they don't like it and then they instead of just ignoring it and moving on they take the time to uh put pen to paper at, well uh, I guess in this case maybe finger to uh phone and uh you know write about how they didn't like it whereas if they just dismissed it it would be out of their lives but no they uh, you take a little but here it's important to accentuate the positive I guess is what I'm saying to uh, borrow a phrase from Bing Crosby. Who do I think I'm talking to that I would reference a Bing Crosby lyric? Who who do I, who am I assuming will get that? If you're listening to a podcast, you've not, there's a good chance you have no idea who Bing Crosby is, which is fine. And if you do, uh, you know, God bless you. You're uh, a fan of uh, old music and modern mediums such as (laughs) It's not just podcast. Anyway, I uh, digest. Uh, I want to. I want to just fill you guys in on things that I've enjoyed. So uh, this would be another segment called "Things I Enjoyed This Week." Yeah, and I'll have to figure out how to because the same the vocabulary corner guy isn't going to work. Things I enjoyed this week. That's a little too NPR. It doesn't. It doesn't work as. But I will eventually find a balance. And again, you got a picture. Um, well. If you can picture music, you've got a picture some sort of incidental music here that will eventually be put into place in later episodes when, um, well, uh, when we have a better idea as to what the hell I'm I'm doing. So things I enjoyed this week, man, I mentioned this on the Bob and Tom show, and I cannot stop uh, talking about it. My brother, my older brother, Jeff, introduced my... uh, my other brothers and me to this uh, singer. His name is Paul Cawthon, and um, I guess maybe I'm a little late to the party here because his latest album came out in uh, 2019, September of 2019. But uh, it, you know, late to the party or not, I'm just glad I eventually showed up because this guy's stuff is some of the coolest music I've heard in a long time. I guess you could describe it's sort of outlaw country. Um, it's got a. His voice is a very Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings uh, sort of like mixed with Elvis and even a little um, like maybe Leonard Cohen sort of. And uh, it's just this. It's certainly country, but it's this funky sort of. Uh, it's almost like if uh, Pink Floyd were to do country songs. It's this weird, it's just a wonderful. Mishmash. I would play some for you, but the the rules about playing music on podcasts is, are, are so strict and at the same time fuzzy and vague, and uh, that it's just not it's not worth uh, risking. I mean, my gosh, if I played something and uh, got in trouble for it, they could they could pull this episode. Uh, and <laughs> I'm not going to deny the world uh, this first uh, that Josh Ronald podcast. Are you kidding me? I mean so far you have to admit this is <laughs> this has been some of the finest audio you've all right Paul Cawthon, uh C A U T H E N I'm going to name three songs that I want you to check out all right uh, the first one boy oh boy is this a fun song cocaine country dancing i see already i mean that is that's that's, that's some rough stock right there that is uh that's that's you're you're going to uh, if you can listen to cocaine country dancing and not move, I don't want to know you. I, I have no interest in knowing who you are. It, it's it, you're you're either a corpse or a robot who doesn't understand rhythm. Because um, I would imagine there are some robots out there. Well, we we uh, we've all seen them. Remember the dancing coke cans? You would play some kind of music, and the uh, coke can would start shimmying, or they had flowers and other things. Yeah, so so, so some robots do appreciate and understand music. Um so while we'll to stick with corpse if if it, it, you're either a corpse or you you just i you're going to move when you listen to this song, all right? And after you listen to it, treat yourself to the video. It's uh it's a blast. You'll see um No, it doesn't uh, look, th- with a name like cocaine country dancing, you might think, well, I I I don't like drugs, why would I ever um endorse some sort It's look I don't think uh, Paul does cocaine. I think the character who's singing the song does. I've never done cocaine, and uh, that might surprise some of you with some of the <laughs> things I've said before. Uh, no, I haven't. You know why I've never done cocaine? Um, I'd be the guy who would try it, for the, and for the first time in my heart would explode and I'd die, and then my family would go, oh, my God, we didn't know he did cocaine, and he died from it. That's why I don't, I've never tried. I'm not judging you if you have. I'm not, I, I'm just saying, not for me. And I don't think it's for Paul, but the song, Cocaine Country Dancing, my goodness, you've got to hear it. There's also a great song he has called Resignation. That's, it's just, just wonderful. Um, Check that out. It's this Incredibly repeatable song, and what I mean is, you could—I feel like you could put it on a loop, and you wouldn't tire of it for like until like maybe the seventh hour. You might go, "All right, I'm going to go ahead and listen to something else." It's so repeatable, and then there's a, a, a very of the three that I'm giving you. This is sort of the most country of them. Uh, it's called "Everybody Walk in This Land." And it's got kind of a uh, a funky feel to it, with, with somewhat of a, a gospel um overtone. And uh, I think you're really going to enjoy these songs. They're they're for the most part they're upbeat and uh, they're cool. They're just cool. And I want to thank Paul Cawthon for uh, giving giving these songs to the world because they they're just a blast. You're, you're I think you're really going to like them. I re- I really do wish I could share some with you. Because um, it's just got to be kind of weird to listen listen to me talk about songs and also not really describe them very well, but it's um it's it's worth the Google and uh, if you've got Spotify, it's worth the Spotify and let's um let's see if we can get uh, Paul some uh, some more listens. He's uh, if you like Sturgill Simpson, if you like Chris Stapleton, he's in that ilk. Um and. Uh, it's, it's, it's cool stuff. So anyway, that's things I enjoyed this week. Paul Cawthon, C-A-U-T-H-E-N. Thank you, Paul. I want to talk to you guys. Uh, literally, in a sense, I want you to send me emails and ask me questions. Uh, the email address is joshpodcast at bobandtom.com. And every week, I'll kind of take a question and uh, answer it for you. And for those of you who listen to the Bob and Tom Show, you know that I'm, for the most part, an open book. Um, in fact, I'm probably too open. The, the The spine of my book is probably a little a little worn uh, because I I tend to maybe overshare or, um, I, you know, it might it may be a flaw, it may be a uh, a, a, a good thing. I'm not too sure, but um. I just can't help it. I can't help it be an open book. And uh, I actually have a letter. Scott sent this to Josh Podcast at BobandTom.com. And it's a good question. Uh, Scott would like to know. He says, I know it's for a laugh and Tom is just joking. But do the jokes about your weight bother you? Scott goes on to say that he grew up heavy. Uh, For some reason, he never got picked on. But he was always sensitive to other heavier people that got picked on. Well, that's a great question, Scott. And it's um, it's one that I've gotten often. Uh, not to suggest that your question is uh, trite, but it's just um, I, I want you to know that you're not alone in wondering this. <laughs> on the morning show, the Bob and Tom show, you yeah, we there's a lot of jokes about me being overweight. And, uh, you know, total transparency, I'm uh, 280. Uh, close to six one, and I am overweight. I'm not. I, I'm. I am obese. I am not morbidly obese. And here's how I know: uh, my doctor, one of my uh, one of the doctors I've had, <laughs> she said to me, "She all 'All right, you're you're uh, clinically obese.'" Um, and I said, "Am I morbidly obese?" And she said, "Not yet," which I, admit, you know, which is good. But I wonder if part of her said not yet because she thought, well. It, I think you're going to get there, (laughs) Um, but you're just not there yet. So uh, anyway, she said not yet. And I said, well, how much weight do I have to gain to be morbidly obese? And she said, I'm not going to tell you. And I think the reason she didn't tell me is because she knew she knew me. I'd been seeing her for years that if she let's say she said uh, morbidly obese for you would be two ninety nine. Or no, no, I'm sorry, 300, 300. She knows that I would go ahead and let myself go to 299 pounds. And so long as I didn't cross over into morbidity, I, <laughs> I would be okay with it. She just knew that about me. <laughs> and so uh, she wasn't going to let me know. So for all I know, 281 uh, for me is m- morbidly obese. Um, so it, I've sort of, I've hovered around 280 for uh my gosh uh i don't know five ten years and i've fluctuated i've gotten down to 250 and i've gotten up to into the 290s so um it just sort of depends on how focused on my diet i am at the time and working out and, and whatnot i'm not a big numbers guy when it comes to weight i don't really care what the scale says i look more to my well, to my clothes, how they're fitting, um, but mostly to how I am feeling. If, I'm, uh, if I have more energy during the day, if I um, have uh, more clarity, uh, mental clarity, if I'm sleeping better, all those kind of things, that's what I look for. That's when I know I'm on the right track is if those things are all good, then I know I'm getting better. If they're bad, if I'm feeling sluggish, um, If I'm, I don't know, even things like if my stomach is hurting more often and stuff, like, then that, yeah, then I know I'm not really doing well. So that's kind of the stuff I, it used to be about me wanting to get into shape used to be about looks. It's when it's that those days I, yeah, of course, everybody likes to look good, but it's way more about feeling good for me uh, lately. Anyway, do the jokes bother me? They, they. I have a different answer to this than my my current therapist has, all right? My therapist would say, yes, these jokes do eat away at you. You just don't know it. And um, I don't know. I don't know if she's right or not. Uh, I certainly take it into consideration because uh, she's a professional and I like her. And she's, she's very bright and uh, genuinely seems to care about my well-being. And so there's no reason for her to to steer me, you know, give me any sort of misinformation. But I just don't – I can honestly sit here and go, no, I don't think they bother me, and here's why. Well, Scott actually – I mean, he asked about Tom, sort of – he specifically mentioned Tom. When Tom does it, first off, I know Tom likes me. I know that he likes me as a person and that those jokes are not coming from a place of malice. He has no – Real intention of hurting my feelings. Um, He he's and he gets so much joy out of uh, out of it. And and a lot of those times, all he does is he makes uh, a quick reference. He will make it. You know, he'll just make a flat out fat joke to me. But sometimes he'll just look at me and say like, "Oh, uh, you know, you had a salad last night." And I know what he's doing. He's setting me up (laughs) to. Um, make jokes that he might make, but he likes to play the role of. Well, I didn't. He likes the the out. He likes the. I didn't uh, make the joke. Josh did made made all the jokes. Well, he made them by uh, setting me up. And so you know what I mean. But anyway, I, he's not being uh, hateful. He do, he's not being mean as mean as some of them may sound. I guess I just I know his heart, and I know. Uh, I know that he's not out. So, so no, that doesn't – they don't bother me. Now, what can be weird is people hear those jokes every morning, pretty much, and then when I see – when I meet people, oftentimes they don't know what to say to me or they have listened to the show for so long and so often – that they, you know, they consider us friends and they consider um, us, uh, it's like they know us personally and in a way they do. But what will happen is somebody will come up and say something along the lines of, uh, oh, hey, fat ass or something, you know, something like that. And it's a weird thing because I often have to, I have to remind myself, okay, they're also trying to come from a good place here. They're not. I don't think they're. Um, I try to give people the benefit. of it. I don't think they're insulting me, or 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 being hateful or mean or ugly. I think they're they're hey they're just trying to be a part of what we do in the mornings. And so it does take me. There are some times where I have to remind myself, hey hey, this is just a this is a fan and a listener, and they're just they're just getting trying to get in on the act but you have to consider that is a bizarre thing can you imagine walking up to somebody you don't know and uh <laughs> saying something you know calling them a fat ass or calling them st- stupid or uh you know it just doesn't it's a, it's a weird <laughs> it is a weird situation um and it's funny i'm glad scott that you were not uh that it, it, you know in your email to me you said that you you, you for some reason were not picked on even though you were heavier and that's great nobody should be picked on because they're heavy although i do think it is one of the the last groups of people that are that many consider fair game i mean look we all know the the sort of society we're living in now where people are uh offended all the time and i i tend to think People choose to be offended. They're not um, – how often is somebody just offended like naturally? I, uh, so a lot of people are looking to be offended and, you know, there's something to be said for how that's not healthy. But the – you people can genuinely be offended <laughs> and I th- I think it's taking us as a society a little longer to um, realize that, hey, maybe maybe fat people shouldn't be such fair game. Uh, but I think that stems from a, uh, a misconception that fat people can control it, that they are that they are uh, in charge of their bodies, and therefore being overweight is somewhat of a choice. That's not really the case. Um, with me, I I do feel like I can control it. I feel like I if if I do the right things. I would not be overweight. That's me. But there are plenty of people who that's not the case for. They either they have uh, glandular issues or metabolism metabolism issues or something like that, where it really is not uh, their fault. Um, with me, I, I, it, it kind of is my fault. <laughs> I mean, I might be genetically um, predisposed, if that's the right word, to. Uh, You know, maybe I have a slower metabolism or that kind of thing. But when I I look at me, when I look at myself and go, "Okay, yeah, I'm overweight because I've made bad choices. And I I really do do believe that. So that's maybe why I also don't mind the joke so much during the morning is because part of me thinks "Eh, I kind of deserve them, which I'm sure my therapist goes, we need to. I'm sure if she were listening now, she'd go, we need to address that right away. You don't deserve that. You need to. And she would probably say the fact that you think you deserve it is only keeping you overweight. You're you're doing some. I bet there's some sort of psychosis there. <laughs> but um, I think this comes to and, and I guess what I'm kind of getting to is a larger point of. There's no reason to be offended if the person telling the joke is doing so good naturedly, and and I know that's fuzzy, and but I just I never feel like when Tom does it or anybody on the show does it or my brothers do it or my good friend that they're that, that it's coming from a place of malice. I know they love me. I know I know, so I'm not. In fact, they may even be a bit concerned. They may be doing it. Um, I, I've never had anybody tell me this, but they may be doing it as sort of a. Uh, motivator, like, hey, uh, I, I, you know what? I don't believe that, but th- there could be someone who thinks, hey, if we tease him, maybe he'll get his act together. And to me, that's, I mean, I, if they are, God bless them, their hearts in the right place, but that's not the way to do it. <laughs> um, there are other ways to uh, to to motivate. <laughs> so. Uh, I hope I answered your question, Scott, that it's, it's a very good question and it's an interesting, it brings up a lot of, uh, potential for discussion. When is humor, uh, why is humor offensive? You know, here's, here's the thing. Intent means a lot. And oftentimes these days we don't look at intent enough. We just look at what was said and that's not fair in comedy. Um, Yes, comedians uh, and entertainers should be held responsible for what they say to, but if you ignore context and you ignore intent, uh, you are really, really missing um, uh, probably some important points that are being made by the uh, the comedian, you know, by by the the person saying them. It's it's it really does come down to intent. I mean, it, you could go back all the way to uh, Mark Twain. We all know the language that's in uh, a in a few of his books. Do we really think Mark Twain um advocated that language? No way. In fact, what he was doing was pointing out the folly of those who used that sort of language and 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 but if we didn't look at intent, we would just think he were a racist, but he Mark Twain was not. So, you know, you can't you have to look at intent and uh and context it's very important and that's what i try to do and uh if i thought anybody were ever you know what i've been made fun of for being fat and i know the difference between when somebody is play playfully ribbing me um and when they're when they're being mean and uh what have i done when somebody's been you know used my weight as uh a weapon against me Oof! not responded well i i Look, I uh, I took Kenpo martial arts for a while, um, and sort of the philosophy behind Kenpo was uh, you never fight. Don't ever get into a fight. You just don't fight. But when you do, you fight to kill. <laughs> and that's that is sort of the uh, for better or worse. That is the philosophy I have when it comes to defending myself emotionally. If uh, you are, if I think you're being, if you are being mean to me and you're slinging some insults that are meant to hurt, I will ignore, and I will ignore, and I will not fight, and I will not fight. And if you keep it up, I will then fight to kill, and I will emotionally destroy you. Because I know, I I, I somehow have this weird skill of being able to pick out what it is that you are most self-conscious about, and I will uh I will use it to my my advantage. Not proud of it, but that's just how I uh that's just how I operate. So, um <laughs> Or you know what? That's at least how I used to operate. I it's been a long long time since I've had to get uh um mean. So <laughs> And I don't mean uh mean <clears throat> I never started. It's always uh sort of in <laughs> In defense, Well, I want to uh, end each podcast with, um, and once again, real quick, thank you for your letter, Scott. Uh, and uh, please send uh, all your questions to Podcast at bobandtom.com. I look forward to reading them and answering them for you. If I don't get back to you, don't give me a hard time, all right? Um, it's not that I'm too busy. It's that some of your questions will be stupid. So... <laughs> Anyway, I want to uh, end each podcast with, um, well, you know, something that we can work on this week. I think we should always be looking for ways to better ourselves. Why not? Um, you know, there's no reason to uh, not try to make ourselves better people. And this is what I want all of us to do this week. So this is things to work on this week. Again, I will figure out all the voices and music and things as we go along, all right? I want this to be an organic, I want this to grow organically, like like a mold. <laughs> uh, anyway, the thing to work on this week, some of you, it, it, you, some of you don't do this, okay? You already don't do this, and I applaud you. I no longer do this. I'm very conscious of it, in fact, but some of you out there commit this, uh, well, social crime all the time, and this week I want you to not. I want you to be conscious of it, and I want you to not do this. What am I talking about? Tailgating. This week, do not tailgate. I know you're in a hurry. I know that the person in front of you is driving slower than you'd like, but tailgating isn't going to get you anywhere. It's just, you're a bully. You're being a bully. And, uh, you know, the world could use less bullies. So don't tailgate this week. And let's be honest. There's really only for the most part there's one, only one reason you're tailgating, it's cuz you're running late. And that's on you, all right? You didn't leave soon enough. Or um you stopped to get uh a pumpkin spice latte when you really didn't have the time to do so. But you had to have it, didn't you? And now you're being a bully on the roads because uh well, of your own uh, poor scheduling. Don't tailgate this week. I think – I think – I don't think you understand – well, no, no, a lot of you do. I shouldn't say that. But here's what happens when you tailgate. You, you ruin somebody else's day. Why are you – you're late. You're the late one. That's right. I'm, 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 I'm going to yell at you a little bit. You're the late one, and now you're going to bully someone, and now they have to be annoyed for the rest of the day. That's not fair. Don't <laughs> – don't tailgate this week, all right? Just – look – We can, that's an easy thing to do. Just don't tailgate. Leave two minutes earlier. And if you're still late, just figure, just slow down. Take a deep breath. What's going to happen if you're late? Honestly, are you that important to whoever you're late for? No. (laughs) That didn't, that didn't, none of that came out as positively as I wanted it to. I wanted this to be like a a nice little, hey, well, none of us are going to tailgate and the world's going to be a happier place for it. And it got a little, uh, I let it get a little uh, more judgmental and ceremony than I meant it to, and and I apologize. But we will make this promise to each other, no tailgating this week. And this has been the first That Josh Arnold podcast. My goodness, I hope you enjoyed it. I really, really do appreciate you taking the time to to, uh, spend a few minutes with me. And uh, we'll do this every week. Next week, my very special guest. That's right. It's you. And we'll see you here next time.